Hello, everyone, and welcome to Battle City Broads, our Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, where we talk about every episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, along with plenty of other things along the way. My name is Ellie. And my name is Jenny. And we are back for an unusual little episode here, where I think we're going to be splitting things up in a weird way, because that's what the show decided to do, was split things up in a weird way, so can you blame us? Quite the whiplash. Yeah, I don't think we wanted to, I don't think there was anything else we wanted to talk about like before we got started, right? Because I yeah. feel like we're going to have a lot to cover in this one, so we might as well just jump right in. I'm excited to talk about gay old men. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I always am. I had not seen these before. I mean, I don't know why I specify that, because I haven't seen any of this stuff before. But because we're getting into um, filler arc zone, we're getting into not just things that I have not seen before, as in I haven't watched the episode, but things that I have not seen before, as in I have no idea what happens in it because it's not in the manga. Wow. <laughs> so Fascinating. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I was actually kind of expecting to really dislike this, but I have... I had some fun with it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, okay. Disagree, but we'll see. But before we get to this episode, um, these two episodes, uh, we're covering first episode 41 of Yu-Gi-Oh!, which in Japanese was called The Girl from America, and in English was called The Wrath of Rebecca, and um, it aired on February 6th, 2001 in Japanese and October 12th, 2002 in English. Which yet again, if you're watching these episodes and you're like, wow, the Pegasus duel just ended and there's still some loose ends and then it's just like the girl from America, you'd be like, what? Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so because this anime does not care about pacing, this episode is like 20 minutes long and it's eight minutes of wrapping up the last arc and then 12 minutes of starting something completely different just because <laughs> just because that's just the, what they decided to do so what we're gonna do i think is in last week's episode i said that i had a lot of stuff to talk about in like a manga differences manga corner what we're gonna do and what makes the most sense is i'm gonna cover eight minutes of the end of Duelist Kingdom story, mm -hmm. and then we're going to break, and I'm going to do a little manga corner, manga comparison, which will cover some of the things that should have probably gone in last week's episode, but they didn't, so too late now. And um, then we're going to go back into Anime Zone for these two episodes about um, Rebecca, which also... I don't know. This might be a longer episode of our podcast than than others. I don't know, because there's quite a bit to talk about. We'll see. Sometimes we say that, and then it's, like, perfectly on time, and then sometimes we're like, this is a short one, and we talk for, like, two hours, so we're we're hard to predict. <laughs> it really depends, because it's like, what if we get off topic onto something completely else, and who knows? But, mm -hmm. all right. So, episode 41, we open with... Mokuba is waking up from his my soul was missing, you know, coma or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Bakura is there kind of looking over him. And then Yugi and all of his friends run up to them and are like, oh, Mokuba, hey, you're okay. And Mokuba, who's, as he's waking up, he immediately, his first thought is of his brother. He says, is my brother okay? And we also see Kaiba and uh, Grandpa waking up as well. Quick interjection. I had a lot of funny things to say because at least in the dub, 
uh, Mokuba like wakes up and it's like Mokuba, it's like from Mokuba's eyes and like we see the Kura. And I think it would have been really funny if he was like an angel or something. He didn't, obviously. <laughs> what he does say is he immediately goes, Whoa, Bakura. And I was like, wait a second. Looked it up. And at least in Duel Monsters, he should not know who Bakura is. Because Bakura doesn't... I didn't doesn't... think about that, but you're right, aren't you? Yeah, how does he know who he is? Bakura doesn't join the gang until after. So he should be like, who's this mysterious, beautiful, long, white-haired anime boy who was holding me? I'd be like... Wow, crazy. I did not think about that. <laughs> I did. And I was immediately like, this is the funniest thing that could have possibly happened. No, that is really funny because then because that means that Mokuba and Bakura met at some previous unseen point in the past, and you just have to fill in that headcanon for yourself. But his actual first thought, you're right, is of is of Seto, is of his brother. Yeah, and I just thought it was cool because the first thing Mokuba says when he wakes up is, "Where's my brother?" And then we cut to Kaiba waking up and going, "Mokuba!" Like there was, they were both just thinking of each other. It's cute. On the dub, he's like, "Gotta." find Mokuba. It's like he's like, he can't even say it, or he's like so worn out, but he's like, gotta do it. Uh, Croquet walks up. He tells the gang that Pegasus has been taken to a hospital and he is also like, oh, but he told me to give you this. And then he hands him a little box. It's a really fancy box. It looks like the kind of box you would put jewelry in or something, but it has a dual monsters card inside it, which is called Ties of Friendship. And Yugi's like, cool, I will take this. And then, of course, he also hands him the check for the prize money of the tournament. And Yugi kind of looks at Jinochi and goes, you know, we did it. And Jinochi thinks proudly that he'll now be able to heal his sister. So... That was the reason for which Joey wanted to enter the tournament, and he's got it. And it's a nice moment. He does a little flashback to his sister. Do you think the operation's actually going to cost all three million? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll have some left over. Oh, I bet it's actually like he's going to use it for the operation, and the rest is going to go to his dad's debts, so finally he won't <laughs> be like people showing up at his house asking for money anymore. But I digress. Yeah. Or he can just put it in um, Shizuka's, like, college fund or whatever. All right, so what does Croquet say as he leaves in the sub? We And we see Grandpa waking up in the hospital. There is a rare background appearance of Yugi's mom here. <gasps> mom appearance. Yeah, spotted. Yugi's mom spotted. She has dark red hair, by the way. Yugi has red-haired jeans. Doesn't he have a little red in his hair? I mean, it's, like, purple. It's, like, pinkish purple. His dad has, like, blue hair, I guess. What the hell? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, I know what Yugi's hair looks like, but I'm suddenly like, is it pink? Is it purple? Is it red? It's like Uh, magenta, right? It's like pinkish purple at the ends. Yes. It's like pinkish purple on the ends slash, like, outside of it. Person whose favorite manga is Yu-Gi-Oh! and who regularly draws fan art of Yugi forgets what color Yugi's hair is. Amazing. Not clickbait. Yeah, it's like magenta. Yeah, it's like, it's magenta. It's like hot purple. Hot purple is like not a thing that people say, but in my head, that's what I think of that color as. That's not a real phrase. Don't get twisted. Just because I'm an artist and I said that doesn't mean it's real. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, so we we finally, we're going to reach the Kaiba Brothers reunion. It's outside. The sun is setting. It's all beautifully lit by the sunset. A gate opens up, and we see Kaiba behind the gate as Mokuba is looking for him. Kaiba is smiling. The first time we have seen a, like, genuine, warm smile from Kaiba. 
Um, Mokuba is crying. I am also crying. <laughs> I too am crying. It's very emotional. He runs up and hugs him. My note was rare, benevolent Kaiba smile. Because at first I was like, rare Kaiba smile. And I was like, he does smile actually quite a bit, but it's more... It's always a smirk. He's always yeah. cruelly smirking. And this is a rare, like, benevolent, he's happy smile. Probably can count those over the course of the series on one hand. Uh, Very sweet. Very sweet. It's really good. And they hug. Mokuba's like, big brother. And even Joey's crying. I know, there's a cute Joey moment, and um, at least in Japanese he says, you brothers better take care of each other forever, so he's touched by the bond between the Kaiba brothers, which I thought was sweet, because that's just, you know, no matter how, how much he and Kaiba have instant aggro on sight against each other, he, he still appreciates their brotherly bond. Who couldn't? Who can't? And Mokuba's like, I kept my promise to you, and I kept... Kaiba Corp's secrets uh, safe. And Kaiba says, I'm proud of you, Mokuba. It's very Aww, sweet. my babies. This episode is all worth it just for this moment alone, even if nothing else in it had been good. Agreed. Kaiba says, Yugi, you saved Mokuba, so I owe you one. Which I thought it was kind of interesting that he doesn't say, like, you saved me. Like, he doesn't, <laughs> the fact that he saved him is not part of this equation. Immaterial. Yugi says, you don't, it's okay, you don't owe me anything. Kaiba just flat ignores this and says, but our duel is not yet over. <laughs> One day we will face each other again in a duel to see who is the true winner. Yugi says, all right, I'm looking forward to it. All right, interesting, because in the dub, so he doesn't say I owe you one necessarily. He's like, thank you. He means everything to me, which I think is very sweet. That got mm -hmm. me. Um, he's, he's very vague. He's like, due to circumstances, our last duel didn't count. It wasn't conclusive to who's mm -hmm. actually the best duelist. So I look forward to like matching with you on like real terms. And one of us can walk away with pride, which even though he won that one, he basically is saying, yeah, that doesn't count because... I know that I was like kind of holding a gun to your head and to his own head, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was holding a gun to my head. But anyway, I just thought that was very admirable of him. And I, I could be wrong, but I think he never does bring up this duel as like, see, I beat you once. Ha ha ha. Like, yeah. Cause it doesn't count as a true battle between them because I mean, because Yugi surrendered also. So that too. Yeah. He wants to have the real victory, but because he was fighting dirty because it was worth it in that moment for him to do anything. So he He doesn't regret it, but he wants to actually He hasn't satisfied his like rival desires. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then something really funny to me happens, which is that the Kaiba brothers walk away and stuff, and then the Yugi Yugi and his friends are standing there and there's a beat, and then there's a moment, and then Joey goes hang on, how are we going to get off of the island? And that is the end of the scene. Like, they never actually say how they got off the island. Okay, well, two things. The dub they do. Do they have the Yugi Yami conversation where they discuss? Oh, yeah, I, I skipped that by accident. Okay, because in the dub, something kind of bananas happens. Okay, yeah, there is the Yugi Yami conversation. There's not a whole lot that, like, to get out of this conversation, which is probably why I skipped over it. But basically, Yami just goes, we did it. And Yugi's like... The two of us did it together, and then Yami's like, it wasn't just the two of us, it was also our friends, we all they all helped. That That's it. So what happens in the dub? That's okay, so in the dub, it starts the same way, and Yugi's like, you helped me, you helped me so much, but I don't even know your name. He says, the spirit says, oh, over the centuries, I've been called many things. Pharaoh, 
Yu-Gi-Oh, Yami. What centuries, kid? Okay, and Yugi looks at that and is like, oh, okay, I like Yami, so I'm going to call you Yami. So in the dub, he calls him Yami just because yeah. it's... It, it, I didn't realize that was when this happened. I knew about this exchange because it makes me insane, but ugh, we can't get too into it. But Yami should have no sense of, of being called Pharaoh. That's like, uh, that's blasphemy. That's very confusing. The Yu-Gi-Oh thing is stupid, though I guess king it does mean king of games in Japanese, but he should have just said, oh, I've been called the king of games. I've been called darkness. I've, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I literally had to pause because I got so heated and like annoyed. Yeah. And so this is another, this is a thing for me, which <laughs> this will haunt me forever in fan fiction because um, <laughs> the idea that his name is Yami or that you can call him Yami is a purely dub thing. Like mm-hmm. in Japanese, nobody ever says Yami to talk about Yami Yuki. It's just a fan thing that we do to make it easier. But then it's a, it is a thing in the dub that like they say Yami and they use it as a name. But that that's never used as a name in Japanese. So for me, I always find it super jarring when I read somebody saying Yami like in fanfic or whatever, because I'm not used to the dub like names and stuff. And I think it, I think it it's made its way into a lot of like even fanfic that's like not based on the dub that uses the Japanese names will still call him Yami. And I'm always like, I'm sorry, I know it's annoying that this character does not have a name and you have to write the other Yugi or the spirit of the pharaoh or whatever every time, but you just have to write around it. I'm sorry, because that's not his name. All right. It's not a name that he has in universe. (laughs) The Yami thing doesn't bug me so much as like the pharaoh and Yu-Gi-Oh thing. That really Mm -hmm. bothers me because that's like very confusing. Yeah, it definitely bothers me. Also, in the dub, they explicitly, Joey's like, oh, let's hitch a ride on the Kaiba's um, helicopter. So it's implied mm. that they take the hell all fit jam into the helicopter, which would have paid money to have been in that helicopter ride. <laughs> Jenny, you're going to love Manga Corner this week. <laughs> Fuck yes! <laughs> Speaking of that, I don't know if we want to do that now because... I have to... Well, let's, let's just real quickly do them because it cuts from them... Um, being like, how are we going to get back? And then we see them in an airport. So presumably they flew back in some way. Okay. Uh, reuniting with uh, Grandpa. Grandma. And I did think it was funny because Yugi sees Grandpa and he just, he goes like, Grandpa, Grandpa. Like, I thought it was going to be like, Mom, Grandpa, because his mom is also there. But no, his mom is just standing there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's the most clear mom shot like, that was the first time I noticed her, because it's, like, it's cl- it's like a youngish, middle-aged woman next to Grandpa, and you're like, oh, this must be Yugi's mom. And he's- I mean, I recognized her because it's it's his mom. Like, I recognized her from the manga where we see his mom, but yeah, yeah. she's there. So yeah, Grandpa, Grandpa. I want to know so much more about Yugi's mom. <laughs> yeah, and dad, if he has one. Mm-hmm. His dad is away on business, remember? <laughs> no, he was immaculately conceived. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Actually, I think um, that his mom, she was just some girl that Grandpa adopted, and uh, Yugi was produced by Grandpa through asexual, like, reproduction. They reproduce via budding, like, one of the five spikes of his hair is gonna fall off and grow another Yugi. That's what's gonna happen. Um, (laughs) Anyway, no, yeah, it's his mom. Um, I assume that the mom is Grandpa's daughter rather than daughter-in-law, but, like, who knows? That's just... You just gotta make it up in your head. We just gotta guess, yeah. I think here we can pause and go over the manga differences between this ending and the way it wraps up in the manga. 
some of this is stuff that, like, by all rights, I probably should have covered last week because it's differences between stuff that happened in last the last episode. Mm-hmm. But I, we just didn't do it then. So, um, as the f- duel, I'm starting with um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist Chapter 73. As the duel finishes up, you may remember that Grandpa was imprisoned in a little videotape camcorder yes, the that co- they have yeah. with them. So, mm-hmm. we actually, we see immediately like at the table pegasus who is kind of bending over in shock that he lost pulls out the cards and he releases them like right there and we (laughs) you see like grandpa's soul fly away fly out of the camcorder and it's really funny (laughs) it's like this little just blob with grandpa's face on it is flying away into the distance and it's hilarious um yeah, so it flies away, and then there's a very interesting conversation between um, Kaiba and uh, Yami Yugi, where, um, or not Kaiba, between Pegasus and Yami Yugi. I was thinking about the Kaiba brothers scene, and I said Kaiba. Pegasus says, Using my Millennium Eye, I've seen the minds of all kinds of different people, but I've never before seen a person with two my two souls within their mind. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the power of the, your Millennium Puzzle, is housing this other soul. And Yami says, well, who knows? Even I don't really know what the Millennium Puzzle can do. But I do feel that there was some kind of force of w- or will that brought me and my other self together. Which I, oh, I was love like, that. Interesting. That's cool. Pegasus says, oh, so you don't know about the hidden evil power within the Millennium Items? It's not just an evil power, but an evil intelligence. And then Yami's like, <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's literally a thought bubble with an exclamation point in it. Pokemon at, like, challenge alert ass <laughs> reaction. Yeah, and demands that um, Pegasus tell him all about where he got his Millennium Item. So then this is our transition into the Pegasus flashback, where he explains, first he says, like, first I must tell you about um, this woman, Cyndia, and he shows them the picture of um Cyndia. this is also when he specifically he does say that he is from las vegas in this as well that is an a manga thing um we get the whole Cyndia flashback it's the same as it was in the anime and then we get him going to egypt and um encountering shadi so instead of the thing with the um his hat blowing away instead what we see is he's on the streets in a village and there's a raggedy, shitty-looking dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> Egyptian dude, running around. And that guy falls over. And we see in his hands that that guy is holding the Millennium Ring. And then oh. suddenly a bunch of people in black robes and black turbans, so they're like dressed in all black, show up. And they're like, you stole that. You can't have it back. And Shadi is there. Shadi says, this man must be punished because he stole our sacred artifact. The value of that Millennium Ring is incredible. And then he says, have you been here before? And Pegasus is like, I mean, I'm a traveler. So, I mean, obviously. Shadi says, this is a village that was created by grave robbers. It's The name of the village is Kul El Na. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, put in that one for later. <laughs> I saw you making like a uh, surprised face. Uh, sorry, um, I didn't have a reaction for any reason. That's, that's not interesting at all. Wow, okay. But then he's like, you want to see your dead loved one again? And Pegasus is surprised, like, oh, it seems like you read his mind. He follows Shadi to 
a secret underground temple where him and all of the other people are still punishing the scrub NPC dude who stole the Millennium Ring. And Shadi says, I don't intend for you to condemn you for stealing it necessarily. The issue is whether you are a chosen bearer. If the ring itself can accept you, then you can have it. And he puts the Millennium Ring on the dude's neck and the um, spike parts of the Millennium Ring jump up, stab into the guy's chest, and then the guy suddenly starts spitting fire out of his mouth and is burned to death by fire from the inside out, which I had totally forgotten about and is super metal. Hell yeah! Hell- oh man. So that's what'll happen to you if you're not worthy of the Millennium Item, at least the ring. That's so- hey, literally, that's so fire. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then uh, Shadi, he explains, the seven Millennium Items are kind of like pieces of a puzzle- when the time comes, they will all be reunited together, and with all of their suitable hosts brought together and the items brought together, we will be able to unlock the f- tablet of the pharaoh's memories. And Yami's like, what? <laughs> and uh, Pegasus says, oh yes, it was this tablet, which we've seen this visually. It's the tablet thing that holds the seven millennium items in little little holes that are designed just to hold it. Um, I think they show it in the the opening, actually, the tablet. But yeah, it's the thing that holds the Millennium Items. So it has in it, at the moment, the eye and the ring and the scale are in it. So so that means that there's two that are unaccounted for, which we will later learn are the Millennium Rod and uh, Necklace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so two two people who have their Millennium Items already at this point, who are not yet uh, accounted for by this. I want to say so many things, but we'll see them soon. We'll see them soon. In the flashback, Shadi spotted Pegasus, who had been watching all of this, and is like, you cannot leave this place unless you're chosen as the bearer of the item. I'll have you be tested by the Millennium Eye. And if you are deemed the worthy bearer of an item, you will be granted a wish. They do that, etc. He sees Cynthia. He sees Cynthia again for just a moment, and that whole scene happens, like, how, how it happens in the anime. Uh, all right. Um, that's the end of chapter 73. The next chapter is kind of wrapping up the rest of this. It's been a little while and the gang are standing around uh, where Mokuba is like passed out in a bed. They're waiting for Mokuba to wake up. Yami is brooding on the balcony wearing his jacket like a cape as he does so well. Fuck yes. Thinking about how Pegasus said that there's an evil intelligence hidden in the Millennium Items. And mm-hmm. basically, Yami is thinking that, like, he is... It's implied that Yami is, like, worried that he is this dark spirit. Yeah, the evil intelligence, yeah. Uh, Jinochi's like, you should have given Pegasus a penalty game and punished him. <laughs> which I think is really funny. <laughs> and then um, Anzu thinks to herself, oh, the other Yugi didn't want to punish Pegasus because that would be, like, proving that Pegasus was right. That he... He doesn't want to think that he could be, like, an evil spirit. That's... Yeah, he's growing. He's learning. Yeah, exactly. And we see Yami thinking to himself, where did I come from and who am I? Like, I, this spirit in the puzzle. Everything you said, I'm like, wow. Especially if you're reading the manga, so you've already, like, know Shadi's deal and stuff. That's really cool. That's actually really good foreshadowing for stuff that's coming, like, very natural. I'm like, this is, I need to fucking read the manga because this sounds really good. But let's, let's keep going. We get to the Kaiba Brothers reunion scene in the manga, which... 
Oh my god, I have to complain about this. So the Viz localization made the extremely stupid choice, and I don't know why. I think it must have literally just been like an editor who didn't know what the hell they were doing. So in the original, uh, Mokuba calls his brother Nisama, which is big brother, and that obviously sounds unnatural in English. Like in Japanese, people call their their older siblings by like this like big brother. But we don't do that in English. We don't have, like, that's that sounds unnatural. Nobody goes around calling their sibling Big Brother. So, like, in the dub, Mokuba calls his brother Seto, which makes sense. But in in the manga, for some reason, they write him, he calls his brother Kaiba, as though that's not their shared last name. And it's really stupid and doesn't make any sense. And it, like, ruins a lot of, like, this scene. Because I can't get over the, this translation, having him say Kaiba, because it's so stupid. That is really stupid. And it, like, kind of ruins the drama of this scene, because what's supposed to be you know he's running up to him and he's shouting like you know Nisama but instead he's shouting Kaiba which is just dumb I can't get over it why would he be calling his brother Kaiba stop <laughs> if they're not gonna keep like honorifics or have him say big brother then he should be saying Seto <laughs> like obviously he should just say big brother because it's cute exactly but um I kind of like how they do the scene in in the manga because it's Kaiba in the uh cell he sees like a little vision of his child self mm-hmm who comes and basically escorts him out of the cell and points his way to Mokuba. Oh my god, that's so cute. Wait, actually, I think you've shown this to me because it's adorable and also, like, very heartwarming. Then Croquet shows up um, and he exposits to Yami Yugi about, oh, Pegasus wanted to use, like, Kaibacorp's solid vision to bring back the vision of his brother, or his his lover. Sorry, I said brother because I'm looking at like Mokuba yelling brother yeah. on, this, <laughs> on the page. So the, the Kaiba brothers reunite. Do you remember how um, Kaiba's soul is represented by this puzzle? When Yami Yugi did mind crush on him at the end of Death Tea, it showed this like orb puzzle thing that was breaking apart. Yeah. And it was like, he's trying to put back the pieces of his soul back together. And then they, in the, he's when he's in the coma. So in this, they show kid Kaiba holding the, orb puzzle thing the heart orb the vision of child kaiba puts the last piece into the puzzle and disappears like at the moment when mokuba and kaiba like hug and reunite no that's so good oh fuck it's really cute and 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 yami says like mokuba was the final piece of the puzzle and maybe the puzzle of his heart is complete at last oh that's so wholesome oh my god i need to read the manga so then we cut to pegasus and this is where we have to talk about one of the big differences between the manga and the anime, which is that in the manga, Pegasus dies, so <laughs> he will not be appearing again. I forgot. I think I was like, oh, I think he dies in the manga, but damn, he just straight up dies. R.I.P. to a real one. Yeah, he dies because Yami Bakura rips the Millennium Eye out of his head, it's implied. Because we see him sitting in his chair with clearly dead, with like blood running out of his eyeball. And then Yami Bakura takes the eye, picks it up, and then licks the blood off of the eye in a shot which is very creepy. And I just realized we totally forgot to talk about the shot in the actual episode. Mm-hmm. Where Yami Bakura licks the Millennium Eye, although it's not currently covered in Pegasus blood. Oh my god, okay, well that's definitely a fucking du- not in the dub, understandably. Yeah, they cut it. It's, it's, it's in- Jenny, don't play. I know you've seen the gif of Yami Bakura licking the Millennium Eye. <laughs> yes, I have seen. Of course I have. 
It's like, I was just thinking about how, <clears throat> sorry, we talk so much, my throat has gotten kind of, like, scratchy. One second. Damn, he, he'd be into some freaky shit. Well, we always knew. I still remember, um, I think in one of our previous, our previous episodes with our guest, Cree, saying, when you're 12, Yami Bakura is a really interesting character because you see that gif of him eating a steak and licking the Millennium Eye and you're like, wow, I want to know more. <laughs> you're like, I want to know more and I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. Oh my god, I forgot. I, the steak eating gif. You're right, I totally forgot. I, have, I If you don't have a primal reaction to that, either negative or positive, then you're not even human. Like, if you don't feel visceral disgust or something stirring, then I don't know what to tell you. Alright, so, helicopter scene, as you have requested. Fucking hilarious. One of my favorite things. Also, uh, Kaiba says to to Yugi, I owe you one for saving Mokuba, but- And this is a, a difference between the anime and the manga. But mm-hmm. tell your other self, so, like, he knows mm. that, that they're gonna use- That our battle isn't over yet, and eventually I'll beat you in a real duel. Oh, so it's not even to Yugi, he's just locked in on Yami. Because Yami is the one that he duels, but I'm not- I don't think that anime Kaiba knows that, like, Yami-Yugi is a thing yet. To my knowledge, I don't think he ever really views them as separate people, honest- Or not, like, views them, he, like, just doesn't- Yeah, I, I have- I have many, many thoughts about this and exactly when he thinks these things, but, uh, we don't have to- Okay, I, I want to hear when that happens, but it's not yet. Yeah, so they're about to leave, and they're like, how are we going to leave? Mokuba's like, my brother and I are going to fly out of here in our private helicopter. Too bad you don't have one, losers. (laughs) (laughs) And Jinochi's like, you little shit. (laughs) We just saved your life, asshole. Bakura's like, by the way, there's no boats that leave this island, which prompts Mokuba to go, hey, uh, Seto, maybe we should let them ride in the helicopter too, <laughs> which Kaiba's incredibly pissed off by, but they do agree to do it. Oh, we also see Mai, um, like, sitting outside of the castle, and she's like, wait, how- there are no boats, how am I supposed to get home without a boat? And then, boom, 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 in comes the helicopter. Oh my god, so Mai's on the helicopter too! Kaiba is flying the helicopter, Mokuba is in the passenger seat in the front, and then all of the other characters are crammed into the, like, back seat of the helicopter, which is only supposed to sit three people, but it's one, two, three, four, five of them. Fuck yes! And Yugi's like, I don't think this helicopter is made for that this many people. <laughs> and they're all squeezed in and, like, bumping into each other. And then Mai um, sees them and is like, wait for me! And they, um, and, like, Kaiba has to bring the helicopter down so that she can jump on the <laughs> ladder and also squeeze into the helicopter and come with them. That's so good! And so Duelist Kingdom ends with a shot of them all flying away. As Mai goes, like, take me with you. Um, also, Jinochi uh, is the one who, like, drops down the ladder and like, to, to get mm, her and stuff. Cute. And then he almost falls out of the helicopter. <laughs> and Bandit Keith is just left in the ocean to run. Oh, no, sorry. I We didn't cover this. Bandit Keith died. Oh, shit. I, I, th- I forgot it happens before this. <laughs> sorry, that actually surprises me because I did not re- I knew- Pe- I remembered that Pegasus died because, like, he shows up later in the anime and people are like, oh, I'm glad they didn't kill him off like the manga. Bandit Keith fucking dies? Wait, that affects some things in the future. Damn. Yeah, no, he- he died. Um, can we- can we actually- can we talk about this later because- Okay, sure. Um, I can't remember what chapter it happens in and the Shonen Jump app makes backtracking really annoying, so I need to, like, go back a bit to find the scene and talk about it. I- I totally forgot that it's before this. We can bring it up next time Bandit Keith shows up in the anime. 
Um, sure. Or we could just bring it up soon-ish, just randomly. But I- I'll find it. But Okay, that's fine. Oh my god, I can't believe Bandit Keith is fucking dead. Duelist Kingdom has, like, a fucking body count. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to learn this way rather than, like, in any sort of dramatic way. Definitely gonna look up screenshots of the helicopter thing because that looks adorable. Yeah, so chapter 73 and 74 is the chapters you want if you want to read this bit. Okay, will do. Okay, back to Rebecca. Oh my god, I just looked at, like, the time of our recording. We've been recording for so long. This is gonna go for us such a long time. Well, I think this duel is actually pretty fast, because not there's not much that actually happens here. That's true, but then there's a lot of shit in the flashback to stuff to talk about. Anyway, okay. The, the Wrath of Rebecca, the girl from America. Time to address the titular character of this episode. Everybody get yourself back into the anime. Mm-hmm. Um... And they're heading back home, they're all going back, and then they see, standing in front of Kame Game Store, a young girl, she's got two big blonde pigtails, she's dressed in kind of a pretty childish way, and she has kind of a cute outfit, she's got green eyes and freckles, and she's holding a big fat teddy bear. So here she is, um, it's Rebecca, she hasn't said her name yet, but we'll just be calling her that. She's also, she's pulling like a tram a bunch of suitcases and she has her suitcase with her and she's like i just flew in this morning from america and they're like huh <laughs> who are you why'd you come all the way to japan by yourself and stuff also just like pegasus rebecca throws random uh, gratuitous english into her sentences in japanese because she's american mm-hmm. uh, i wonder if the producers of the anime were like one of the main things that people have come to love about our program is that we have a lot of random gratuitous English from an American character. And if, if Pegasus isn't going to be here, for we need to like ease them out of it by introducing another character who will randomly yell, God damn, which, which Rebecca does in this at one point. <laughs> oh my god. Love my 10-year-old knowing God damn. All right. She's 12. She says that in a second. Oh, 12. Sorry. She points to Grandpa. She's like, are you Sugoroko uh, Muto? I'm here to see you. How dare you keep a lady waiting? (laughs) The other part of Rebecca's shtick is that she has her teddy bear and she talks to him. She's like, Teddy, what do you think that blah, 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 blah? Like, oh, wow. Did you hear that, Teddy? She's very annoying. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So here's how I describe Rebecca. Uh, Bipolar, girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep. <laughs> yeah, I I think that, like, Rebecca is a character that I, I feel like I very much might have disliked this character. And I was kind of anticipating that I might find her annoying. But actually, I love girls who are annoying in a certain type of way. I like characters who are very obnoxious if it's a certain type of obnoxious. And I think at least in these two episodes, they have threaded the line with Rebecca correctly so that I enjoyed her being super annoying. It remains to be seen if that may change later. But yeah. Interesting because I had the opposite reaction because I actually really Rebecca, so she's an anime only character. She does mm-hmm. not appear in the manga obviously. She shows up in many of the filler arcs and I actually really like her in the filler arcs even though she is still really annoying partially because I guess this is a spoiler she like grows a little older and she drops the teddy bear thing which i find the most grating but she's still very annoying um so i like her actually a lot in later episodes partially because like anytime a woman duels i'm like oh my god a female duelist it was actually really fun to see this these episodes because you can sort of see the beginnings of like her dueling style but anyway um so i actually found these episodes really annoying because i like her so much later that seeing like her more babyfied like annoying in a different way version like really bugged me so That's interesting because 
I mostly know Rebecca's personality through like fanfic osmosis because I haven't mm-hmm. actually watched the anime stuff for me. So yeah. so I have seen her in some of the later filler arcs because I have technically watched them. But it's been a long time. I don't remember them super well. This was my first sort of proper full encounter with Rebecca, I would say. So for me, I was just like, it was a fresh page, but you were comparing her to where you know she's going to go later. So if you think she gets better later, then that's good, because that means I will probably continue to like her, because I think we usually vibe on our character opinions. But uh, yeah, so um, she says to uh, Grandpa, give me the blue eyes white dragon. (laughs) And he's like, huh? He's like, I literally haven't even been able to sleep since I arose from my coma. I have not even been in my bed, please. (laughs) Please, child. I thought this was so weird because I was like, this is new to me. She was like, blue eyes white dragon is an American card and I'm the strongest American duelist. So I should have it. I have the rights to it. And I was like, was not aware that the blue eyes was like inherently American. (laughs) I mean, I guess that, I mean, I guess it's American because Duel Monsters is American because Pegasus is American. He made all the cards, but I, I wouldn't really call it an American card. In the dub, she keeps talking about, like, oh, I'm from America. Like, all this kind of stuff that I thought was interesting how they explicitly are like, oh, like, okay, the Domino City isn't America then. Huh. That actually surprises me as well, because I wouldn't have expected them to put emphasis on her being from America in the dub. Okay, also very funny. She's like, I'm the number one duelist in America. Bandit Keith fucking body. Yeah, no, she is because she because Keith was the duel. He was the American champion, and then she's the new American champion because like Keith has been out of the scene for a while. Exactly, but I'm just like hell yeah, I love how he he like turns on. And he's like, I wonder who the new champion is, and it's like a fucking eleven year old girl, and he's like, <laughs> that's what you get for being really good at a children's card game. Uh-huh. Well, no, they we'll get to this in a second, but her and Bandit Keith have in the dub. Does she not reference having met Bandit Keith? No. <laughs> Oh, I'm so jealous. They cut that, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, um, Genochi is like, are you kidding? Like, what do you mean you're the American champion? Yugi's like, no, she's right. Now that you mention it, I remember reading a magazine article that said that a 12-year-old dueling prodigy had won the American Duel Monsters Championship. And they're like, damn. And um, there's also a funny moment where uh, Genochi's like, this kid is the champion of America? And she's like, are you making fun of the champion of America, you peasant? And he's like, well, I came in second in Duelist Kingdom, so there. (laughs) And she's like, oh, obviously I already know all about that. But if you're not in first place, to me, it's the same as coming in last. <laughs> he literally, like, almost lunges at her. Like, people have to throw back. It's literally the bow to throw hands with this 12-year-old me. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. It is. He it is. He is about to throw hands with the 12-year-old. And Honda has to hold him back. Aww. So Grandpa tries to cut in and say, um, Rebecca, the, the Blue-Eyes White Dragon is a very important card to me. And she's like, well, yeah, you came all the way to America to steal it. That's what Bandit Keith told me. He said that the blue eyes was stolen from uh, uh, America. And I'm like, okay, I have so many questions about this. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. so fucking funny that Bandit Keith was basically like, I'm going to just like stir the pot to say random shit. Just going to cause some chaos. But yeah, I love the idea of 
obviously she's the American champion. She has probably participated in one or two tournaments before she became the champion. So that means that you know her and Keith have like dueled each other in the past and had some interaction probably in order for him to have this conversation where he casually dropped that he thinks Blue Eyes White Dragon was stolen by a sketchy Japanese thief question mark like I I don't understand the logistics of this conversation but it's funny actually realistically too in the sub since Kaiba has stolen several or like gotten the blue eyes white dragons through mysterious meme means it's very possible that like one of the blue eyes was stolen from an American and she just connected the incorrect dots Oh, that's actually, that's actually a really good headcanon, like, no prize for why he would have said that, because you're right, Kaiba did steal, like, the other three blue eyes. Very possible one or more was from Americans. Wow, we fixed it. We solved it. That's amazing. Accidentally makes sense. Wow. Us fixing the lore. That doesn't show up in the dub, though. I'm jealous. Grandpa starts to sort of try to tell her that, like, the card, he's like, the card is, but obviously meaning that, you know, the card got ripped in half. But she just doesn't listen. She barrels through it. She insists that they duel. Cut to Kaiba Land theme park. We see random establishing shots of like random people dueling in duel arenas at Kaiba Land. Yugi and his friends are asking Mokuba, please can we have a duel uh, a duel arena? And Mokuba's like, they're booked for three months in advance. But I'll make an exception for you guys. And it's a very cute Mokuba scene. He has this adorable, like, cat, like, please cat face when he's like, but I guess you guys, I can help you. He's like, mm. The They go to the duel arena. Rebecca gets up on the thing and is like, I'm ready to duel. Come on. Yugi kind of cuts in and he says, I'll duel in my grandpa's place because he just got out of the hospital. So he's not in the best shape. They start the duel. Yugi thinks something that I personally think is kind of dumb. Seeing how Bandit Keith and Pegasus dueled means that I have an idea of the American dueling style now, which I think is just a little stupid because A, two people is not that much of a sample size. B, those two don't really have very much in common in how they duel. And C, very different styles. Both of them were like cheating, basically, because Keith was literally cheating and Pegasus had the Millennium Eye, so I just don't feel like any of that gives you anything transferable about the American dueling style, if that's a thing. I disagree, because I think a key part of Rebecca, Pegasus's, and Bandit, Bandit Keith's style is to be annoying as annoying as possible. <laughs> that, you know what? That's actually true. I think that the American dueling style is to just be really fucking annoying. It's be really annoying, and Yuki is actually pretty, like, resistant the whole time. So I think that's the one thing he's learned, is, like, this bitch is about to be really annoying, and she is, and he's prepared for that. I, you know, I don't necessarily think that he's prepared for it, because I did feel like in this episode, Yuki was very thrown off by, like, how bratty she was being, and I thought it was really funny. That's also true. <laughs> Later on, at one point, when he defeats one of her monsters, she's like... Well, Teddy, that boy is bullying me. Did you see that? And Yugi is like really annoyed by this. And he's like, I'm not bullying you. That's because she was stealing bullied kid Valor. He's like, listen, I know it's like to be bullied. That's true. So yeah, so her first few turns, she has this card called Witch of the Black Forest. And there's some pretty basic back and forth of summoning cards and, you know, defeating, etc, etc. She plays one of her like more important cards, which is tribute i think it's tribute to the doomed Mm -hmm. what it does is like it can power up a monster 
based on how many of your monsters are in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Also, during this these initial few turns, we see Grandpa thinking like, oh, this is just like, and flashing back to brief shots of him having a dual monsters duel against another old man, Arthur Hopkins. He says he is Professor Hopkins, and he's like, it's just like that time. I'm skimming over, like, almost all of the duel mechanics because of how long this episode has been. Nothing really fancy happens, too. Eventually, she's like, you know, I'm going to show you how much it hurts to have your blue eyes taken from you. It's revenge. Yes, my name is Rebecca Hopkins, and I'm the granddaughter of Arthur Hopkins, and you stole my grandpa's blue eyes white dragon. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. And then Yugi says... You're my grandpa's best friend's granddaughter, which I just found, like, really funny for him for some reason <laughs> as a sentence. He had to lay it out. He had to lay it out very clearly. It was like, we're in-laws. <laughs> like In a way, yes. That's the end of episode 40. And that brings us to episode 41, which is called Deadly Shadow Ghoul. And in English, it's called The Ties of Friendship. It aired on February 13th, 2001 in... Japan and October 12th, 2002 in the US. So the duel continues to proceed. Uh, There's some excellent Yugi faces in this. I felt like it had some budget or possibly they just like put the guy who can draw really good facial expressions on this one because there's some very funny animation. Mm -hmm. Grandpa tells a story of how he met Arthur Hopkins. A few years ago, Grandpa traveled to Egypt. He goes to an archaeological dig site where people are working on excavating a tomb. Because they just let you go to those. I mean, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't matter, it's funny. Falls down on the ground and is like, oh, I'm really thirsty. Damn, it's really hot in, in Egypt. No shit. Um, and then <laughs> an American guy, in a, another old man, walks up behind him. And this is Arthur, Professor Arthur Hopkins. He is a, like, fancy American fellow. He is like, here, you can have my water. And this framed, like, oh, he looks up dramatically and sees him in the sunlight. Okay, these whole episodes, I was like, these old men are in love, actually. Like, it's so much more, like, romantic-coded than I was expecting. It's so funny. <laughs> in about two minutes, I'm going to have, a, I'm going to say one word that I think will give you a conniption. But let's continue going. Okay. Um. Yeah, oh, because Grandpa says, Arthur was a wonderful man. Even though he was old, he had a smile, as like, he had a youthful and bright smile. And I was like, okay. He's very into Professor Hopkins. I'm just saying. I think I'm happy for his grandpa that he was able to find love late in life after his wife passed away. Exactly. Me too. So Professor Hopkins is an archaeologist who's working on this dig site. And he takes uh, Sugoroku into the tomb and is like, here, let me show you this. It's kind of cool. He shows him some carvings. This one says, By order of the sun god, exchange the cards that foretell the pharaoh's future. He has a pack of dual monsters cards. On one of the hieroglyphic columns, there's a picture that looks exactly like the card uh, Giant Soldier of Stone. And he's like, look, the creature, or the picture on this card is the same as this creature that's shown on this tablet. I believe that the ancient Egyptians must have played a game that was sort of like duel monsters. And then Grandpa's like, for this, he was laughed out of the archaeological scene. And we literally see, like, shadows of people laughing at him. 
Which I think is reasonable because that is a very stupid conclusion to draw based on what has been presented to you so far. <laughs> like, he's right, but, like, also, it's really stupid to say that because that's, like, the logical conclusion to draw would be, I bet the person who created Dual Monsters has seen these archaeological carvings, right? Which is true. Yeah, exactly. Not the opposite way around. Oh my god. Well, to be fair, he does say the word game constantly crops up in these carvings. And so it seems like the, the carvings say people in ancient Egypt were like playing some kind of game that was supposed to determine your fate. Which is not like, I, I'm not an anthropologist or archaeologist, but I do know that it's like one of the records they find is like they find art and like evidence of rudimentary games because it's like humans have wanted to entertain themselves and like play these kind of things for forever. Yeah, board games. Board games existed in the ancient world. Yeah, but but explicitly going like they were playing a form of dual monsters, which he's accidentally right, but saying that out loud is dumb. <laughs> yeah, although actually, so I've just thought of this now. Maybe you can justify this instead of being like that it goes the other way around that the cards were based on the carvings is like this archaeological site has, like, never been excavated before, and this is, like, a completely new engraving that nobody's ever seen, but it still looks exactly like Giant Soldier of Stone. Like, maybe mm -hmm. that's what he's talking about. But if so, then they should have emphasized that in the dialogue, because it just came off as, like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Arthur also says that one of the columns has a prophecy written on it about three god cards that can be brought together to summon a sun god and whoever has all three of the god cards can rule the world. So, yep, that's something we're seeding for later. Wonder if that'll come up at all. Um, as they were talking about all of this, suddenly the ruins that they were in collapsed and these two guys were trapped down there and they have no food and they only have so much water. Arthur suggested they should play a game of Duel Monsters because he had his deck with him. They they both had their decks with him. And yes, Ellie, I'd like to say the word that will drive you insane. Um, Wang Xiang. <laughs> no, it is. It is MDZS. God damn it. It is. They got trapped in the cave. They fell in love trapped in the cave. They're like, we've got to do something to distract ourselves. Playing a song, playing a game, untamed parallels. It all comes back. Wow. The parallels are real. It really is true love. <laughs> it's not true love unless you get cat trapped in a cave together. We have learned this from MXTX and also Yu-Gi-Oh. True. Oh, God. Okay, Jesus. So, yeah. So, Grandpa just fucking ups the ante by being like, whoever wins the Duel Monsters game should get to have the rest of the water that is, like, the only water that we have remaining. Yugi comes by it honestly. He's like, let me just unnecessarily escalate. Yeah. I'm gonna bet my life on this game for no reason. Arthur's like, all right. That is a yummy move. You're right. See? And basically, the point of this whole thing that Grandpa is trying to say is that Arthur's deck and strategies were very similar to Rebecca's. Like, she uses a lot of the same cards and stuff. But before he can finish telling the whole story, we go back to the duel. Yugi uses that catapult turtle and brain control combo that he, well, Yami, used against uh, Mai, which I thought was mm -hmm. fun. He uses that to destroy one of Rebecca's monsters. Also, like, okay, this bothers me. Part of Rebecca's strategy is that she sends a bunch of her, like, chump monsters to the graveyard so that she can use this card that's like, the more cards you have in the graveyard, the more powerful your monster will become. And she equips it all to, like, one of her monsters that she powers up to be super strong. And then Yugi tells her off for this 
because he's like, you're not treating the monsters well. It's dishonorable, which I think is really dumb. That drove me insane because, like, literally his catapult technique is, like, kind of similar. He's, like, literally catapulting his monsters. And, I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to sacrifice monsters, but just don't be mean about it. And it's like, <laughs> okay, whatever, fine. Uh, it's it's one of the more, I think, egregious moments of, like, oh, when Yugi does stuff like that, it's mostly fine. But if uh, somebody else does it, then they're disrespecting the monsters. It's kind of annoying. Yeah, because basically what happens is she's doing this without, she's not being particularly disrespectful to her monsters or anything. Yeah. And then Yugi's like, how dare you, like, use this monster-killing card? And after that, she's like why should I have to respect the monsters, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about the heart of the cards. Like she, So she does have that attitude, but like Yugi had no reason to like think that. So I just felt like this whole thing could have been, I feel like it would have been pretty easy to like just change the dialogue a little bit without making it seem like a totally possible dual strategy yeah. is like bad. Exactly. I agree. I completely agree. It, it bugged me too. If you can do that, you should be allowed to do that. Like, to me, like, disrespecting the cards is shit like, I don't know, like, everybody dismissing Karibo or, like, Kaiba saying that the cards don't matter, they're only tools. Or, or like, calling them trash, calling your own cards trash. Yeah, it's all part of the techniques. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, basically he's like, you're disrespecting the cards by doing this thing that is totally reasonable. And then she does go on to disrespect the cards, like, in response to him saying that, which is like, that's not how that, that should happen. Yeah. 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 Anyways, eventually it comes down to the end of the duel. Grandpa remembers how his own duel with Arthur Hopkins ended. It was like down to the last turn. And then Grandpa said, I surrender. And then Yugi in that moment, does the exact same thing. He puts his hand over his deck and he says, I've been defeated. I surrender. Rebecca, she starts cheering. She's like, yay, yay, I won. Did you see that, Teddy? And then she walks over and she's like, give me the blue eyes. Hand it over. Also, this is a duel where Yami never appears. It's just Yugi the whole time. Yeah, I think it's been mentioned, but just to emphasize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Grandpa, it turns out that he kept the torn up uh, Blue Eyes card. So even though it was ripped in half, he stuck it together with some tape and hung on to it. Me wife. So she's she's like, what the hell? Or you tore the card. Like, how did you? Uh, he says, that's why I never returned it after your grandpa gave it to me. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a stealing thing. He gave it to me. He lent it to me. It was a gift. And then out from behind, the, he was just around the corner. <laughs> Suddenly... Uh, here comes Arthur Hopkins himself, and Rebecca's like, Grandfather? And there's an emotional reunion <laughs> between him mm -mm. and Sugoroku, where he's like, It's been a long time. It really has. I can't remember which one of them, but like one of them literally blushes in this scene. I'm like, Wow, they really are in love. That's. I think that's Grandpa. It's Grandpa who blushes. I, I believe them. They're together a lot in future, especially filler arcs, and I, I'm happy for them. Mm hmm. Grandpa's like, Rebecca, you know, Yugi actually is the one who won this duel. And she's like, what? He surrendered. I won. <laughs> um, and then he's like, no, go and look at the card that he drew, the last card in his hand. And it turns out that it's a card that lets you... So if he had played it, he would have been able to banish all the monsters out of her graveyard and her like power-up thing would have gone away. She's like, what? I don't understand. Why? And uh, Arthur says, uh, well, Yugi is a kind boy. He wanted to save you from only caring about winning and losing, just like how Sugoroko saved me. 
when we were dueling. From dying of dehydration. Yeah, which I was like, I don't really know that the lie, that it like tracks, but you know, it's, and he also says, when I play Shadow Ghoul, I do discard my monsters, but you have to honor those that you lost. And then also very funny line, you must honor those that are lost. That goes for dueling as well as archaeology <laughs> when I investigate ancient graveyards. Like, I just think that it's incredibly funny that for him, like, it's the same as, like, grave ethics of, tr- of you know, treating human remains in archaeology. <laughs> He's like, that's exactly the same as not disrespecting your dual monsters guards. Card games are real life, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> what a life lesson. But he says, even though that card might be torn, our friendship will never be torn apart. He tells Rebecca that cards are about heart. Heart of the cards. And she's Mm -hmm. like, Yugi, I'm sorry for what I did. And he says, it's fine. Here, I want you to have this. And he gives her that ties of friendship card that Pegasus gave to him for no freaking reason at the early, in the top of this episode, which is like... Yeah, you thought that was going to be important? Nope, it's just... Nope, it's not. Like... Sorry, the most frustrating thing, too, is obviously Rebecca, as I mentioned, she'll show up in future arcs, and she never uses this card. That's what drives me crazy. Like, it's a dub only, or not dub, filler only a card, and I'm like, surely it must come up in the future, or at some point she'll use it. But A, she almost never gets a significant enough duel to use it anyway, and she just never uses it. I'm like... I want to rewrite it, okay? Like, what would have been better is if Yugi had just given her a card that he already had out of his deck. Yes. They could have had him use an interesting card. Maybe it's about, like, two monsters, like, powering up each other or something. Somehow that it it relates to friendship. Or maybe it even is Ties of Friendship. Like, he just already has it. I don't know what Ties of Friendship does, but... And then we could, like, actually see what it does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the duel, he's like, I'll give you this card. That would have made so much more sense than Pegasus just randomly deciding that he wants to, like, also give this card to the winner of the tournament. For mm-hmm. why? Why? Why any of this? Well, whatever. But anyway, so the episode ends with her uh, thanking him for the card. And then um, Arthur Hopkins is like, hey, Sugoroku, you want to have another duel for old time's sake? And Grandpa's like, yeah, this time I'm not going to surrender. All right, so uh, there's no manga corner because we've already sort of done it. But I just wanted to reiterate. So Rebecca is not in the manga at all, right? Is Professor Hopkins in the manga at all? Um, No. He's, they've extrapolated. So, um, Grandpa says, I got this blue eyes card from one of my friends who lives in America. And you see the picture of him, like, standing with Professor Hopkins, but he never actually appears in the series. Okay, okay. So the animators were extrapolating on, like, a backstory thing that is stated in the manga, but that is never, like, gone into, if I remember correctly. I think that's how it goes. I think it's a pretty reasonable thing to see in the manga and go, like, what if we explored that a little bit? Is the who gave Grandpa the blue eyes? That's the kind of filler that I actually like, is when they're like, oh, here's, like, a one-off thing from the manga that we can expand upon. All right, well... Um, I'm, I'm ready to tell you my opinion on these episodes. Yeah, go for uh, it. I think it will surprise you. I didn't like them at all. <laughs> I, I mean, the Kaiba stuff is obviously, the Kaiba brothers, like, the first eight minutes are really good. As I mentioned, it was really hard for me to get into this Rebecca stuff because the teddy bear thing really bugged me. And I like Rebecca, her annoying self later, so much more. Mm. That, and, like, I, the duel was just, like, pulling teeth, too. This duel was particularly bad. Like, we skipped the details. It was bad. And honestly, the old person flashback was, like, kind of cute, but it was also kind of, like, I don't know, it was just kind of weak to me. I, and I was honestly looking forward to these episodes, but 
they just didn't do it for me. But it sounds like you enjoyed them, which is good. Yeah, uh, we see, I think we have, like, a sort of opposite expectation thing here, which is that I was low-key not looking forward to these at all, because I had this prediction for myself that I thought I was going to really dislike Rebecca, and instead Mm -hmm. I thought she was pretty fun, and I didn't know anything about the old person flashback, and I thought it was, like, really kind of dumb, but, like, very funny at the same time. And I was, like, surprised by how, I was like, this is really weirdly shippy, and I don't understand, but I'm happy for Grandpa that they gave him a boyfriend for some reason. It's what he deserves. And I don't know, like, see, I think this is a difference between us, Jenny, is that you're Mm -hmm. more invested in the dueling than I am, because you're like, the duel was bad, and I'm like, it was a duel. Like, to me, it it is nothing. Like, to me, almost all of the duels are just nothing. (laughs) For me, it's not that I'm like, I I don't need a good duel to have it be good, but when it's a bad, it's particularly egregious. Like, it's like, if it's good, I'm like, oh, that's nice. But, like, I'm just kind of curious, like, what about this duel was bad to you? Because to me, nothing about it really, like, stood out as bad or frustrating. It was just so slow and, like, too simple and, like, a not. And, like, there was just huh. so much talking. Yeah, it just was bad. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't know why. Like, I, You're right. I don't have a solid reason, but it's, like... I, I didn't feel like it was slow or long at all because, like, so much of the episode was the flashbacks. That's fair. Maybe I just am, like, misremembering the pacing. The first half of the first episode was... All of that other stuff. Maybe I was annoyed because such a, so little happens in the duel, even though it's supposed to be like, you know, they're communicating through the duel or whatever. That's and like fair. just so much, so little actually interesting happens, but, eh. but either way, not a total dud for me, but I think that's fair, but I think I just, yeah, it was over like quickly enough for me and I was focused enough on the other stuff. And I also found Rebecca like more endearing than you did. So yeah. I mean, I will really like Rebecca as basically as soon as she ditches the teddy bear, which will be next time she shows up, but, um... Yay. I will also say another thing that I think is just kind of cool in Rebecca's favor is that we talked about, like, having another female duelist, but I also mm-hmm. appreciated that her deck is not, like, girly-themed, even though she is the yes. character who acts super cutesy. Like, I thought that was kind of fun, and it's because it's her mm-hmm. grandpa's deck, and it might be a little weird, but, like, she doesn't have... Her cards are not, like, Taya's shining friendship <laughs> Yeah, feminine. Her cards are like, this is a fucked up shadow ghoul. And then her other cards are just, like, normal duel monsters. I, I, I sort of like that. I don't know if she maybe gets a deck that's more sort of specific or thematic later. You don't have to tell me. We'll find out. Okay. But I'll say no. I really like her deck in the future. It's very interesting. Okay. That's cool. I think Rebecca, I really want to see Rebecca and Mokuba interacting because I think they're both annoying little kids, but in very different ways. And I think that will be very fun. You will be pleased. Yeah, I know that they, I know that they interact in like some way because I know that a lot of people ship them like as like a future thing. There are a lot of fanfics and stuff where it's like the two of them are either just friends or get together in like the future which i think is that makes sense it's kind of you know a pair of this their interactions i will say are not shippy at all but they're incredibly funny okay yeah i mean i'm also fine with them just being buddies but like if you're looking for somebody to ship with mokuba in like a future fanfic i think she's the obvious choice yeah that's your only option (laughs) Mm -hmm. or maybe shizuka because they are actually kind of close in age and it would make janochi so mad can you imagine (laughs) both 
Kaiba and Joey would be so pissed. That would be even, because obviously we've already discussed that the Serenity Seto Kaiba thing is like, eh, because like they would not be good together. But yeah, Mokuba, oh my god, wow, you just opened my third eye. That would be fucking hilarious. And both of them can't say anything negative because they love their siblings so much. And are like, whatever makes you happy. But they're like, fuck, fuck, we're gonna be brothers now. Fuck. Oh, that's so good. Isn't, isn't Shizuka like, she's like she's a good 14. bit younger than them, right? She's 14 and Mokuba's like 11, right? It's like, he's like 9 to t- 11. And then the dub, Sh- Serenity is like 15. So it's all over the place, honestly. Yeah, but I'm, the stuff I'm thinking about is post-canon, like future stuff set when Mokuba's like in college, by which point it wouldn't be an age gap. But yeah. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that the ages are not super well determined. So yeah, I understood that. So you can just do with whatever works, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think that finishes up. Mm-hmm. Next episode, there's some more filler content coming up. Yeah, very fun filler content though. Uh, just as like a brief overview of what's coming up soon in the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we have a three-episode arc, which I think we're going to do in two episodes of our show, that is um, the Legendary Heroes mini-arc. Another one that I've never seen and only know about through osmosis that I'm really looking forward to, because what I know makes it seem a bananas. Yes. And we should have a guest for those. That'll be interesting to hear. And then, um, then after that, there is another arc dungeon dice monsters which is kind of a famous filler arc so you might have heard of it before and then after that that's the end of season one and then we start season two and battle city and that'll be good shit yes so we'll probably do a recap episode with the end of season one yeah we're gonna do a season one like overview episode and i think we might do like a bonus episode at some point in there setting up the filler lore which is its own complex beast but uh yeah we'll see you guys next week all right Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at Battle City Broad on Twitter without the S or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com.